welcome back to Don't Look Under the Bed. Recognized by International Hospitality Institute on its list of top 30 hospitality podcasts. How cool is that? Did you know that Don't Look Under the Bed is a part of the Hospitality FM Network? A podcast network dedicated to bringing the best hospitality-focused podcasts to those in and around the industry. From food and beverage, guest experience, diversity and inclusion, tech, operations, hotels, vacation rentals, and so many more. Hospitality FM is passionate about giving the industry a more prominent and louder voice, all by going all in on audio. Check out the website at hospitality.fm. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Robin. And I'm Nikki. And today we are happy to welcome Susan Berry of Hive Marketing. She is the queen bee (laughs) of Hive Marketing and host of Top Floor Podcast. Welcome in, Susan. How are you? Oh, I'm so happy to be under the bed with y'all. Maybe yes, absolutely <laughs> under the bed with us. <laughs> I did tell you that your name of your show is the absolute best name of anything that has ever been named. Oh, I could wow. not love it more. It's <laughs> so genius. It's just so weird. I mean, we were thinking, I don't know. I had the idea in my head like forever and ever. And then I called Nikki when we were both made available to the industry. And I was like... <laughs> let's talk about this stuff. And I already have a title for the show. And I told her, she was like, awesome. It's so good. It makes <laughs> so, me laugh every time I see it's it, so funny. which is every week that I listen. Oh, oh thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much. You're one of six people that listen and we appreciate all <laughs> six of y'all. I'm sure that's <laughs> thank not you. true. Thank you. So Susan, tell us about you and your hospitality journey. We always like to start there, you know, to figure out where people, um, got their passion for the industry and, you know, leading us up to uh, hive marketing? Well, I have a long version and a short version. So let's I'll do, try to let's do, do the, the short. medium. Yes. Version. yes, there you go. The medium one. <laughs> Robin's like, no, please keep it short, sister. Um, so I began my career as a server in a restaurant and graduated from college and was asked to take on a catering company Oh, when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up running this off-premise catering company for about three years and did this insane lifestyle of sleeping in my car in between events at one month, I had a two inch layer of baked beans in the trunk of, trunk of my car because Ooh, sexy. it had sloshed out of hotel <laughs> pans. Yeah. So um, when it came time to move on from that, a hotel, relatively speaking, seemed like a much better quality of life. Yeah. <laughs> so my first hotel job was in Denver, Colorado. I had met my now husband, then boyfriend. And sight unseen, we moved across country to Denver. I got a job as a director of catering at the Four Points Cherry Creek, which was no longer exists, but was a um, half built in the 60s, half built in the 80s hotel oh. in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> wow. That's a hybrid? Director. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Um, it. So I... Uh, 
quickly moved over to the room side because as we know in the hotel sales world, that's how you can move up and, and yeah. advance your career right. quickly. So yeah. ultimately I was a director of sales and marketing for Starwood for 10 years in Denver, Washington, DC area. And then here in Atlanta, where I still live. Mm -hmm. And most of what I did was open new build hotels okay. with Starwood back in the day, long before the Marriott merger, the DOSM was the first person that got hired. And so mm -hmm. for the two hotels that I opened in three years, I was the first employee, like when the hotel was still a hole in the ground, it was super fun, real adrenaline rush, such yeah. hard work, super hard, but really, really like exciting. And then you would get the hotel open and you're like, okay, well, here hmm. we are. Wah, wah, wah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't nearly as exciting. Sure. Okay. So in the spring of 2009, at the height of the financial crisis, I decided that all kinds of people were doing weird stuff. Like people were getting laid off or mm -hmm. trying startups or new businesses. And so I decided to try my hand at that because I didn't think the hotel industry would hold it against me because of the time that we were in, because it was okay. such rough waters. So Hive Marketing was born in the spring of 2009. I originally started the company to do social for hotels. Okay. Um, that over the last 13 years, that the business has evolved quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And now what we do is business to business commercial strategy for the hospitality industry. So what that means is I work with owners, mm -hmm. third-party management companies, brands, and vendors to like help them sell and market to each other. Oh, okay. Nice. So back up real quick because you have a nice, I mean, it's 2009 and you're like, okay, I'm going to do social. So, I mean, I'm going to create a company. What does that look like? Cause people throughout this whole thing with the pandemic and everything, people just been dropping everything and just starting businesses and, and are thriving. And I'm like, do you have like a list? This is what I need to do. And I need to do a business plan. Did you know that you wanted to start a business? I mean, how do you go from working at the hotel and then hanging up your shingle? <laughs> well, I mean, I just made it up as I went along, okay. to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. Um, the reason that I decided to do that particular thing was that I had done a social campaign for the last hotel I opened here okay. in Atlanta. And it worked really well. This was in the wild, mm -hmm. wild west days mm -hmm. of Facebook and Twitter had just yeah. been born and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, so like, I don't even think business pages existed yet. You okay. know what I mean? It was like, mm -hmm. here's my personal page. I'm blah, 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 blah hotel. Yeah. Um, so that campaign ended up getting replicated across the brand and, oh, you know, I see. The world okay. and stuff. So I fancied myself a social media genius. Come on now. What ended up, what yeah. ended up being truer than that was that, um, I was a little on the early side and most hotels, uh -huh. We're like, what are you even talking about? Oh, we have an intern. Maybe he can do that. Or, Ooh. you know, oh, we'll have somebody on the front desk do that for us. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so I worked not just with hotels, but in several different verticals, doing social, digital okay. marketing, online reputation, that kind of stuff. And my... It sounds so strange to say this now, but I really was following what people were asking me to do. So 
you know, if somebody would be like, Hey, is this something that makes sense to you? I would say, Oh yes, absolutely. I can totally do that. And then do a bunch of research and mm-hmm. figure it out and, and make figure it up. Okay. <laughs> uh, huh. Okay. I did not have a business plan per se. Okay. I had some ideas of what I thought I should do. And I like made up pa- service packages and stuff, but I mean, I just tried things. I just experimented okay. and, um, fortunately we had a, a little bit of savings, like maybe three months worth of savings. That helps. And so the hustle was on mm-hmm. in terms of like finding people to hire me to do different okay. things and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being in business for 13 years sounds like some, like I must've had a real good plan. No, I did not. I just <laughs> followed whatever people asked me to do. I said yes and figured it out. Okay. Wow. I like it. I like it. So with Hive Marketing um, and all the stuff that you do in the campaigns and whatever, is there something, is there like something that um, somebody heard about and they're like, hey, I want you to do that for me. What's like the common, the most common thing that you get requested for? Where I sit now, the most common thing is I am asked to do projects that don't neatly fit into an org chart. So if a company has an idea like we need to do ABC, we definitely don't have anybody here who specializes in ABC, then that's often when I am asked to consult or do a project or take on a retainer client. Um, I I really like that. I really like for about 50% of the stuff I do to be something I've never done before. You're Mm -hmm. noticing a pattern here. I really just like making stuff up. Yes. Wing um, <laughs> it. Wing it. I don't, it's not as, as much winging it as it is. I really love the process of learning something new and creating something from scratch. It's the same reason why I loved opening hotels because, mm-hmm. you know, there was a roadmap to follow, but it was its own thing and you had to kind of do it. Mm-hmm. No excuses, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's true. And, and opening, opening a hotel is its own little beast. (laughs) It is quite a beast. It's so fun though. Every, every day it's like balls to the wall. (laughs) Just every day. I like that. Balls to the walls. Okay. (laughs) That'll be the title of the show (laughs) y'all. Don't look under the bed because you might find. Might find balls to the walls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord. (laughs) <laughs> oh, for the five people that are now listening. So talk about top floor podcast. Oh, it's the, my favorite thing yeah. to talk about. I love it. So around this time last year, we started developing the show with the intent that it was going to be a hospitality marketing podcast on an existing network of shows. And so marketing fit in really nicely with the other portfolio of shows that were on the network. And it mm-hmm. was kind of a niche that wasn't being covered. Um, then that we launched in September of last year and, in November of last year, the network decided it no longer wanted to be networking. And so I decided that I wanted to keep going no matter what, because I absolutely fell in love. It is the love of my life. My favorite thing to do if it's Mm -hmm. all I ever 
could spend my time on, I'd be happy. Yeah. Um, and so we're almost to a year anniversary and just like hive marketing evolved over time, top floor has evolved from only talking about marketing to really talking about the future of hospitality. So yes. I really like to talk to guests who have unusual, uh, concepts or businesses mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. who are fired up about something in our industry yeah. that they want to change. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. And I love all the segments with the call <laughs> button at the beginning, because there's always a question that's relevant to the conversation. Um, there's <laughs> obviously the most important or the, or the funniest, which is the, uh, the loading doc stories that you get, um, which you have two in particular that I don't know if they'll ever be topped the, the, uh, the subway sushi story and then the ice bucket story, Nikki, I'll tell you about them later. Anybody <laughs> listening, they'll the need to go. That's yeah, another well, the, one. Oh my God. Yeah. There's one, that's one there too. Mm. Um, but you get some great loading dock stories. I thought Nikki and I had some good stories, but your <laughs> guests come with, um, some really really good stories. And, and the podcast is so much fun and yeah. I learn a lot. So, um, it's, it's like, it's like almost like a society of hospitality people. Like we all have these situations or sometimes it's nothing to do with anything, but mm -hmm. yet here we are, here we're, we in are. <laughs> we're in it. Yeah. yeah. I'm starting to notice some patterns in the loading dock stories. So, a lot of naked people, mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of excrement, yes, a lot of drugs and or cash and or both being found yeah. in hotels. Although mm -hmm. those don't always make it on the air because I right. get a lot of people who are like, my story is not appropriate for your show, but oh. let okay. me tell you what happened. So <laughs> yeah. a lot of the ones you hear on this show are the second tier story because they've told me the real dirty one before we go. Ooh. <laughs> That's a whole oh, other the show. edited. I was going to say that's that's the edited <laughs> version. Nikki, one day we'll be able to talk about the suitcase. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we need to <laughs> we, flip we'll the need script to, here and I head know. down to the loading dock. I, <laughs> I don't know if we can tell the story yet. Is it still within the. Uh, the, <laughs> the is there a statute of limitations? Yes, that that's right. That's what I'm here. looking for. That's what I'm looking for. All <laughs> I got to say research. is that it, it, it has something to do with a suitcase being put in a trunk. And that's all I'll what say. What was in the suitcase? Either. That's the after show. A naked <laughs> right. person, excrement, drugs, or money. Or money, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So let's talk about... Um, if you were going to go into a little sales here, because I know that's your background and you love hotel sales. Um, if you were back on property, like showing up for work on Monday, go, what are we doing? <laughs> I think, you know, so something that I maybe have left out of my story about hive marketing is that part of what I did during that 13 year period in between the really exciting and juicy projects is a lot of hotel task force. Yeah. I uh, was a task force director of sales and marketing mm. at 
probably 50 different hotels for various mm-hmm. periods of time. And so I haven't done that in a few years, but I'm a little closer to it than you would think yeah. based on, you know, having been on my own for yeah. however long. Um, so if I were walking into a sales office tomorrow, I think the first thing I would do is call every single person who had done business with the hotel since 2015. I realize that that is not an earth shattering, brilliant suggestion. <laughs> Stop it. But Cause I, <laughs> but I, the thing that I think happened during the pandemic, it certainly happened with hotels I was working with yeah. is people didn't know what to say or felt like they didn't want to come across as tone deaf. So they maybe Mm -hmm. left some people alone that they shouldn't have, or that they need to reconnect with. Now Mm -hmm. I would do a, not a sales conversation. I would do a, what does your world look like these days? Kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I like on your website that you have that, um, you know, you're, they can hire you for a sales assessment. Um, I love that. I mean, it kind of like, outlines everything like what to do. Um, so I would encourage people to go and take a look at your website and look at that sales assessment. I'm sorry. Do I better take a look before you <laughs> make sure it's not uh, too out Wait of a minute. No, 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 no. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> no, it's, it's all, it's all relative. It's all good stuff. Nothing is out of date. Let me make sure that I have, no, no, it is. It is. Cause I'm like, I'm using it. And it says for newly open hotels. So my question to you would be, it could still apply for teams that are rebuilding right now. Oh, I think so. Right? I think yeah. everyone, it's such a brand new world. Yeah. And, you know, you sort of, I mean, a lot of hotels, and I've heard both of you talk about this on the show before, that you are looking at segments of business that you may not have in the past. Yeah. And, sure. you know, having to sort of revamp your business plan or your channel mix to take who's out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, maybe gone forever are the days of consultants who fly in on Sunday night or Monday night, stay Mm -hmm. for the week and then go home for the weekend. That may not be a business model we have anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. We're, we're totally selling in a different environment and it's, um, I feel like you definitely have to be able to adjust your game either, you know, or come up with some, like you gotta, even though it's so cliche to say, think outside the box, but that's, <laughs> but that's what we need to do. We got to yeah. come outside the box because you're not waltzing into someone's office to, you know, hang out with them for 45 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, they're at home, dogs barking in the background. It's just, it's complete. It's a different approach everything about it is different. Yeah. We're not delivering cupcakes anymore. (laughs) Something else that I think I I would, I know that some hotels have, have implemented this and are thinking about it, but I'd really like to see hotels as an entity, as an industry, put on our reality hats for a moment and think about like what's happening right now podcasts, for example, are booming. Zoom meetings are booming, you know, or whatever hybrid conferences are booming. So what are the things that we can do physically within the property to stop sort of pretending that 
all of this is going to be fine. Eventually uh, everything's yeah. going to come roaring back mm-hmm. and instead meet the demand where it is now. Yeah. I, I don't know if I explained that very well. Did that make sense? Yeah. No, yeah. Totally. Per- totally spot on. Yeah. And something to add, like when, um, when I was listening to Tom on your show this morning, the whole social media piece, I mean, nobody's really using it like that. And it's, it's like free, right? <laughs> it's no, I mean, it, it, they charge for something if you do ads and stuff like that. But I mean, hotels are not using it to their mm-hmm. advantage. Uh, nor, and when he said, when he mentioned LinkedIn is not being used, I was like, oh, you know what? He's right. Because somebody asked me about that before. And I'm like, I'm not using LinkedIn to connect with customers. I was thinking that's kind of weird, you know, to be reaching out to somebody you don't know. And I'm like, duh, you do that every day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, my thinking about LinkedIn and kind of my point of view on that is I use LinkedIn to either demonstrate the way that I think Mm-hmm. or demonstrate that I have some kind of degree of credibility. So yeah. either I'm sharing out, you know, like I got this thing or I won this or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. or I'm asking questions or making statements that demonstrate the way that I think because LinkedIn users and especially in hospitality are so shy people won't click anything or won't comment, but I will hear about stuff Mm -hmm. weeks later. Like, I really like that thing that you said, or Mm -hmm. you're crazy. Why'd you say such a dumbass thing? And I I didn't know they saw it. Do you know what I mean? So no. Yeah. Because I'm one of those people too. I see stuff on there all the time and I'm like, (gasps) and so I'll take a screenshot and I'll send it to Nikki. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) They're shaking the table again, you know, <laughs> and I can't say, I can't say if I'm for it or against it because, you know, you'll be, you'll be put out, you know, you'll mm-hmm. be put out there. Like, <laughs> okay. So I know where, I know where she's leaning and whatever. And it's like, I just don't want, I don't want the smoke, you know, well, from anybody in our industry, there's a lot of self-censorship. I don't know if y'all feel this way, but oh, every yeah. time I post anything that is remotely controversial and I have done the full gamut from just a teeny bit controversial to real controversial, I am a nervous wreck. Yeah. And then I remember yeah. that I am my own boss. See, <laughs> that's where but, we differ. That's yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> But also in our business, everyone feels that way. Everyone feels this need to Mm self-censor and more people agree with each other than don't. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Oh, we haven't reached the point of that sort of, uh, that agency as yet, but one day. Well, I think that you're, uh, MC and hosting career is just at the very ground floor right now. So you're <laughs> heading up to the top floor. Oh and, boy. Uh, uh, we're going to so try. Kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So about sales, <laughs> we're going to sit here for a second. Um, because again, we're in this weird environment and we all need help. So I like the approach of, you know, about being realistic about what's going on, but, you know, some of us are in depressed markets where, again, we are still charged with going to get it. And somebody will tell you every single day, you know, we need group business. It's like, really? 
I didn't know. You should go. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you so yeah, I'm gonna try right? it. Um, <laughs> you know, or you're like on the monthly uh, calls where it's like, what are you doing to mitigate the losses of last year? Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, the same thing I said last week when we were on the call. <laughs> Ain't nothing changed, baby. Ain't nothing changed. (laughs) I can't stop the bleeding. Right. So what, so help us, Susan, give us one or two things we can do. Wow. Well, first of all, if I had a real solid answer to this, I would be selling it or rather than giving it away for free. There you go. I was trying to, she's smarter than I thought she was was trying to slip that one in. I think that, you know, I think you've got a couple of different approaches. This is not a very well-formulated strategy. So be cool. I I think the first thing that you have to do is look around at your competitive set and figure out if they are beating you or not. Okay. Cause it's a different thing. If, if you're, if you're competing with yourself, Mm -hmm. that's different than if you're comparing to the entire market. So if all of the six other hotels in your comp set have 150% group index or what on the Mm -hmm. starport and you're at 40, you've got a problem. It's not gotten that bad. No, man. But if everybody's (laughs) hovering around the same spot, yeah, right. There's a supply and demand issue. Mm -hmm. So what are some things to do to create demand, yeah. reach into the lower tier, Yeah. give mm-hmm. yeah. customers who are not used to staying at a hotel that's as nice as yours, the opportunity to experience that. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are some things that feels right. a lot like competing on price, but if you are in a set and everybody is doing equally as poorly, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like there is a group a high rated group business ferry that right. flits around and drops mm-hmm. business. If you right. pray hard enough, you know, Ooh. right. Everybody's like fighting it. for the same crumb. Everybody is. Everybody and, is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Something else that I used to advise hotels to do that I don't know if it's pertinent or not. So let me say this suggestion and y'all tell me if you think it makes sense. Um, in Noland, in the group business intelligence tool that Nolan puts out, you used to be able to, and I think you probably still can, look at similar cities. Mm-hmm. So like if you know yeah. what your CVB mm-hmm. considers their comp set, yep. find your hotel in those other cities and go after that business. Obviously, you're not going to go for like the local farmer luncheon right. or whatever, right. but you know, if somebody's using your same tier property in four of your competitive cities or competitive Mm -hmm. markets, that may be an approach to do too. It's legwork, but it's at Mm -hmm. least uh, a place that's probably not being fished in by a lot of your competitors. I love that. And I mean, it's all legwork at this point, all of it is. So I I thank you. I appreciate that. That's good. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love it. So Susan, you are a collector of sorts or an antiquer of sorts. You and I kind of like similar things. Like I like to go thrifting and looking for like 
those old Pan Am airline bags and um, Howard Johnson ashtrays. They're like 400 pounds. <laughs> what do you like yes. to shop for when you're thrifting for hotel stuff? Yeah. Everything in the whole wide yeah. world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I've been looking for lately mm-hmm. are these little dishes. Oh. I don't know if you can see them on camera, but they're like almost like butter pats or like yeah. just little mm-hmm. side dishes, mm-hmm. but they're from different hotels. Okay. So I have this one's from the Chateau Fleur de Lis in Paris. And I looked it up. This hotel does not exist anymore. It's been wow. turned into a hot mess, um, but it was wow. cool to find. <laughs> and then I don't know. I never was able to find this one, but this is from the manor and I have okay. several more holding like my hair ties and stuff. Yeah. Um, but those are fun to find because they don't take up a lot of space. They like, don't I just want yeah. everything that I can find, but, uh, we could get a little bit of a hoarder situation. So I'm just trying to correct. <laughs> yeah. Small. Yeah. That's wow. cute. That's fun. So when you travel, do you go, do you go thrifting? Absolutely. Have you been to That's Palm Springs? My favorite thing to do. I have been to Palm Springs, but okay. I haven't been thrifting in Palm Springs, but okay. I follow some TikTok creators who okay. <laughs> are Palm Springs thrifters Okay, and they're hilarious. Yes. There's some fun stuff there. Wow. Okay. What's your best city that you've ever thrifted in? I was going to say Palm Springs or either, really? um, or New York. Oh yeah. It's so expensive though. It is. It feels too expensive. But- like I am a rock bottom price type of thrifter. Okay. Like I want, yeah. okay. Can I tell you my best find I ever yeah, had? This is sure. not related to hotels yeah. even in the least. Just see if you can, if you can guess the price of this, a 2003 uh-huh. Chanel suit with a camellia brooch, no wide legged pants. It was no. tweed. Get, see if you can guess how much that costs. Oh. 50 bucks. Nikki, do you want to throw in? I was going to say 50 bucks. Eight dollars <gasps> and zero cents. Okay. So was that like the Goodwill? It was at a value village okay. in beautiful Atlanta, wow. Georgia. Wow. The best wow. value village that ever lived that is oh now my closed. God. Okay. So I need to come to Atlanta then. That's <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's one sad thing is that the good old you know, real down and dirty thrift That's, stores are starting to close. Like there's all only, yeah. I consider Goodwill to be very fancy and they're yeah, only it is very fancy, fancy now. Yeah, now. they are. Yeah. Cool. They know what they have too much. So mm-hmm. you can't find those crazy steals like that. Yeah. That's like when the um, Salvation Army here does their boutique sale. And so they hold back all the designer stuff and you have to buy a ticket to get in there. But when you get in there, it's, it's like, good. <laughs> yeah, it's, good. it's incredible. It's and just you're like, what? Who threw this out? Like, what's wrong with these people? Wow. Yeah. My husband's from West Palm Beach in South Florida. And there's a place there called World Thrift. I think it's in Lake Worth. And it's like 27 Salvation Army Goodwill Value Village savers put in one giant place. <laughs> It's cash only. It's filthy, full of a thousand people. Okay. But when I tell you there are, I need to go. It's, but (laughs) you got to bring cash. 
So I've only been there one time and I only had one hour to spend. And I found a 1966 brown alligator Gucci bag with a gold chain handle for $25. Do you still have it? Yes, I do. You do. Okay. Good Maybe not for long, though. And ladies oh. and gentlemen, if you're interested in purchasing oh. this Gucci bag, please don't <laughs> hesitate to reach out. <laughs> it's six hundred dollars. Thank you very much. Wow, that's oh awesome! Oh my gosh, that is I terrific. Hear, I hear Nebraska is good too for thrifting. Huh. I worked really? with a lady; she had two mink coats, and she's like, "Goodwill." I'm like, "You're kidding?" She's like, "No, Goodwill." <laughs> wow. Los Angeles has a lot of nice places yeah. too that have not been um what I want to say fancified. Uh-huh. I mean they're still like <laughs> they're still like in the corner in the hood, you know, it dusty and and it's just kind of like bam, 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 bam. because you if you have the love for treasure hunting and yes digging like that you could yeah. I mean I just put on a podcast spend hours look yeah. at every little thing I <laughs> love that <laughs> that's awesome Susan Barry where can people find you at top floor pod on Instagram topfloorpodcast.com and hive-marketing.com Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that maybe we did not ask? No. (laughs) I was trying to fake you out and make you think my internet broke. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was Um, good. That was good. (laughs) I just want to say that every hospitality person has at least one amazing story in her. And so if people are just burning to get that story out, the loading dock is the perfect place to tell it. And I would love to hear it. Yes. There you I agree. <laughs> I agree. Thank you so much for joining us, Susan. We Thanks love for it. having me. You're awesome. Thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. We appreciate your support of the show. Please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Thank you.